Welcome, one and all, to episode 69 of a little programme I like to call Near Perfect Pitch. This week, I tell you, um, I don't even know where to begin this week. I'll tell you what, I'll start off with the interview, which I'm absolutely G'd up about. I'm going to be talking to Candy Opera, specifically Mal, Mike and Dave, and about their LP that is the best part of three decades in the making. I'll be talking a lot, a lot more about Candy Opera during the course of the programme, so stay tuned for that. And you're going to hear three world-exclusive tracks off their forthcoming debut, and I'll explain more what that actual debut entails as time goes on. We've got new releases this week to attend to. I'm going to play two tracks off uh, the new Go-Kart Mozart record, just because I feel like it, and I'm getting a lot of uh, a lot of uh, email about this particular release, so I'm going to uh, do you all a favour before it's released. Um, the Colour of Space, going to hear that by uh, Serpent Power, a new outfit, uh, another Scouse band actually. Uh, some new stuff by Tune Yard, in as much as we are going to hear, as I scroll down, there's a brand new single by Wild Meadows, as there is by Blackbird, Blackbird. We've got the usual features, got Tinterweb Time, we've got... Uh, Cover Me this week. Uh, Brick Smith is going to be uh, our Cover Me artist this week. Weekly Peel, Obligatory Fall, oh, and our Essential Wax this week is Closed Lobsters. But we'll kick things off with some wire. <laughs> Yeah. 
Stuff that is from the forthcoming Go Kart Mozart's Mini Mart LP out on February the 22nd, no, 23rd, my apologies, on Cherry Red Records, cherryred.co.uk. Go there to get your copy pre ordered so that you'll have it in time for release day. And before we heard that new release, well, pre-release if you like we heard one of my all-time uh, favorite tunes we heard why with uh, kidney bingo so one of uh, the most consummate indie pop songs you were ever likely to hear monkey spines paper lung kidney bingo's organ fun just a regular lyric that's isn't it really that's a single from 1988 and it appears on their a bell is a cup until it's struck lp on meat records that one actually is essential wax and i should uh, i should actually nominate that for a forthcoming essential wax feature and talking of essential wax today's essential wax which we'll get to during the course of the program is closed lobsters fox said stalk this land from 1987 aging myself once more time for uh, our peel session of the week we're going to go back to 1990 Teenage Fan Club.
the colour out of space. That is Serpent Power from 2017's Electric Looney Land. Serpent Power are a music collaboration between Ian Skelly of uh, The Coral and Paul Malloy of uh, The Zootons. And uh, that is, again, the colour of... Sorry, the colour out of space. We've got a real Scouse-tinged theme, and, and as I go through the playlist, uh, this is completely uh, unintentional, but uh, if I go through the playlist now and I point out that uh, we've just heard Serpent Power, who are uh, a Liverpool outfit, I have got playlisted forthcoming three songs by Candy Opera, of course. They are a Liverpool outfit. We've also got... Uh, something by the shipbuilders forthcoming i've got a Lars track uh, playlisted here as well and there was another one too i think as well crikey i'll have to uh, oh sorry yeah i'm going to play something else off uh, the wonderful cosmic lullabies lp by professor yaffle so it's going to be a whole load of liverpool uh, songs and uh, yet another one that i've just seen poking its head out here we're going to be hearing uh, the wild swans as well gorgeous stay tuned lots and lots of good stuff coming up and i, and I must tell you that this particular episode is in no uncertain terms brought to you by Mal, Mike and Dave, Candy Opera, and in no particular order, the Jammy Dodger, Scottish Shortbread and Mint, let it be said, to specifically Mint Club Biscuit. And stay tuned till the end of the programme where you can hear a fun-filled interview with uh, three three of the lads from uh, the immense Candy Opera who have uh, took uh, the best part of three decades to get us their WLP. And we'll learn more and more about that as time goes on. Now, Pale Saints from Leeds, Thread of Light. <laughs>
Cruel City. That's New York's Augustines. And that is a track off their second and self-titled LP released in 2014. And uh, we heard before that Pale Saints off their second LP in Ribbons from 1992 on 480 Records. We heard uh, third track off the album Thread of Light. And I did neglect to mention that before we heard our Serpent Power track, we did hear our Peel Session of the Week, which was, uh, in this case, God Knows It's True, by the Fannies, by Teenage Fan Club, harping back all the way to August the 28th. 1990. Yes, 1990. Now it's time for our uh, cover version at week. And I did mention at the top of the programme, it will be brought to you by Brick Smith.
from 1982, The Wild Swans on Zoo Records, a single, and uh, that's called God Forbid. And that's a dedication, that is for one of the nicest men in the music industry that you'll ever uh, have the luck and fortune to meet. That is for Wally, the front man of uh, the beautiful music. Thank you for uh, pointing out to me the brilliance and reminding me again, rather, of the brilliance of, of The Wild Swans. Thank you. We had, uh, we had a bite to eat this week, and uh, that song is all thanks to him. So cheers for that, Wally. And before that, we had Brick Smith and uh, her version of Donovan's Hurdy Gurdy Man. It appeared on a, a network uh, music, uh, a label from Vancouver here, home to most notably uh, Sarah McLaughlin, Skinny Puppy, Grapes of Wrath, uh, and uh, loads and loads of other artists, although they're not exactly uh, prominent right now in the scene, but uh, in the 80s, they were absolutely massive all the way through into the mid-90s. Anyway, uh, this song was produced by John Leckie, the famous, famous John Leckie. And it does feature uh, Gary Wallace on drums, uh, but uh, interestingly enough, on rhythm guitar and backing vocals, so Stephen Duffy, ex, you know, well, Lilac Time and ex Duran Duran, and her then beau, uh, Nigel Kennedy, playing electric violin solo, acoustic violins, and tampura as well. Interesting, isn't it? So that was our cover version of the week. That was uh, Brick Smith doing uh, Donovan's Hurdy Gurdy Man. Now it's time uh, for some jingle jangle. <laughs>
that's a teaser track for their forthcoming debut LP. That's Wild Meadows from Australia and uh, a song entitled First Exit. And I encourage you to go back in time through the archives of Near Perfect Pitch to hear the interview with Wild Meadows. As you can with all the episodes, don't forget it is a podcast, so you don't have to be listening live. You can go back and trawl through all the tunes and uh, fast forward over my voice, but no fast forwarding over the tunes. And there are a litany of uh, interviews with very, very interesting folk and me just being the catalyst to their art. So uh, do go back. If you're listening to the programme, I thank you. Uh, you obviously found, you've obviously found a, a ways and means to do so. If you're not happy with the, the way that you're listening, nearperfectpitch.com is where you can point anybody, but uh, it's available through iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and on and on and on. It's not unheard of for me to ask you to recommend the show to a friend. If I can get to each and every one of you recommending the programme to one other person, well, that's going to be wonderful organic growth. If you can hear some banging in the background, I think there's, a, there's some sound check going on here in the studio, and it's permeating the walls of this studio, so there's a bit of a bass resonance going on here. So if you can hear that, well, that's what it is. It's now to do with me. Ten songs into the programme, a third of the way through the musical content. Going to go back now to 19 what? Where are we going to go back to? No, we're not. We're going to go back to 2002. JJ72 from 2002. Like you 
lost your thumbs as I bleed. I know your friends come sniffing triangles are my favorite shape. Need points where two lines meet. Toe to toe, back to back. Let's desolate. single from 2012, preceded by JJ72, a single from their second and last album entitled Eye to Sky from 2002, with the unmistakable vocals of Mark Greeny there, who I understand his claim to fame is prior to the band is that he lived next to, to Phil Linnett for a while. That's something he has in his uh, portfolio that I don't have. Slightly jealous. And uh, I did forget to mention, actually, that uh, before we heard the Wild Meadows track, the teaser track for their forthcoming uh, self-titled debut, that you can get on that train at wildmeadows.bandcamp.com. That's the place to go to get all of their material. And didn't go into much detail, really, about the track that we heard prior to that. It was uh, the Primitives from their debut LP, Lovely, from 1988, an album track called... I'll stick with you. So you're up to date now. 12 songs in. It's time now for our obligatory fall, our track of the week. See the fleet of cruising cars Go past the stations and the bars Never stopping to get out In case they choose to cruise about 
Watch out, step by to stop over the station. We must be on a mission of passion. Couldn't make out whether he was from Salford or uh, Manchester. I am this London visitor, had this to say.
Manchester's Salford duo, Giant Boys, with a debut single called Leeches. And uh, we heard before that our obligatory fall uh, track of the week. We heard uh, Cheatham Hill, The Fall. And um, that is off The Light User Syndrome, which came out on Jet Records in 1996. And uh, coming up next, actually, uh, let's stay stay on the the subject of The Fall. Um, I am going to find time this week to come in to the studio in the evening after work and uh, get around to doing a fall special. I've no idea in terms of what format it will uh, it will take. No idea. I just uh, I can just foresee just going to the basement and just getting all a bunch of fall records and CDs and just bringing them in and just playing them in no particular order. So you've got that to look forward to. I was going to do a Spotify playlist, but you know I'm 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 not a big fan to be honest. And uh, a lot of the material that I want in general is not on Spotify. I think most of the fall is on there, but I'd much rather have it in a podcast format because you can't talk. There's no banter on Spotify. It's just like making a mixtape, and it has its pros and it certainly has its cons. There was a, a full tribute record. Uh, released in uh, 2004 called A Tribute to the Fall, perverted by Mark E. Smith on a German label called Zigzag. And uh, you can still get it out there. It's a wonderful double CD, 29 tracks in all. We can hear a song from It uh, by The Container Drivers. And uh, it's a song that uh, is called The Ex-Members of the Fall. And at the time, when it was current, it was pretty concise. Where are you going? This is a members-only club.
Good evening and welcome to the club. Please select your choice of gift, commemorative medallion or engraved glass goblet.
Texas. That's right, denim. A single pulled off the Corsicana Lemonade LP from uh, 2013, I believe that came up. And before that, we heard the Container Drivers with the ex-members of the Fall Club. And uh, before that, even, we heard Giant Boys uh, from Salford. And I did neglect again. My amnesia struck once more. Facebook.com slash giant boys giant boys yes twice so facebook.com slash giant boys giant boys that's the main portal that they have at this current time by which to find out what on earth they are up to in keeping with the scouse theme here's the lars
and your nerve and your sinew and serve your turn long after they are gone. And so hold on when there's nothing in you except the will that says to them, hold on. Neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you. On his head there was a black hood He knew that soon he'd die They stood him on an empty crate He pissed himself drip dry They cut his fucking head off and filmed it for good measure We saw it on the TV just before the weather Yeah, they cut his fucking head off and he gurgled with a black hood on his head that's from the forthcoming new LP coming out on the 23rd of February through Cherry Red Records cherryred.co.uk so where you need to go to get your hands on go-kart Mozart's Mini Mart that of course is Lawrence Lawrence Hayward ex of Felt Denim and now uh, well this is his pet project now isn't it go-kart Mozart before that we heard the, uh, the absolutely gargantuan Cosmic Lullabies is the LP. The band concerned are Professor Yaffle, and we heard the lead track of their double LP entitled Sometimes. Uh, I was lucky enough to talk with Lee Rogers at length about the record a few shows ago, so I do go back in time and, and revisit that interview. It is rather, rather enlightening. And uh, kicking things off for the hat trick, we heard from Tune Yards, a.k.a. Meryl Garbus. She's a native of New England and uh, she is a folk pop songstress and that's off her brand new LP I Can Feel You Creep Into My Private Life and you can uh, find more details about her and her music at tune-yards.com 
come. 21 songs into the programme. Uh, Embrace, they've got a new record coming out. And if you want to learn more, I'll give you a URL in a minute after you've heard the track. It's a teaser track for their new and eighth LP, which is to be released on March the 2nd, entitled Love is a Basic Need. We're going to hear a song right now called Wake Up Call.
had better jingle jangle credentials than Close Lobsters. Scotland's Close Lobsters and uh, they are the band responsible for our essential wax this week. Specifically, Foxhead Stalk This Land, released in 1987 on Fire Records, their first of three albums. Uh, it was followed by Headache Rhetoric in 1989 and then there was a compilation that came out in 2009, many many years later, called Forever. Uh, until victory. Now they've been recording stuff lately, and I've been in some dialogue with uh, with Andrew Burnett from the band. Uh, I've played a lot of their more recent stuff, and what I mean is their recordings that they've done for Shelf Life Records, specifically uh, the Kunstwerk in Space Time EP from 2014 and the Desire and Signs EP from 2016. Two wonderful, wonderful releases. Um, so uh, I'm going to play you one more song off this album, and uh, it's uh, an LP track, not really a single per se. It's called In Spite of These Times.
convinced. Don't get much better than that for the old jingle jangle. In spite of these times, closed lobsters, as featured on their debut long player, Foxheads, stalk this land on fire records from 1987. And the other track we played off the record was a single from 89, just too bloody stupid. And uh, hopefully that's done enough to coerce you into buying all of their material. And I did uh, forget to mention too, God, my amnesia's awful lately, that uh, the Embrace track, if you want to uh, get on that, because the LP is released on the 2nd of March, you can pre-order it at embrace.tmstore, T-M-S-T-O-R dot E-S. And uh, we heard a teaser track called Wake Up Call. Now, where are we at? We're nearly at the end of the programme, actually. Got a few songs to get to and Tinto up time before we get into our interview with uh, the three lads from Candy Opera, uh, Mal, Mike and Dave. We're going to hear something um, by a new outfit called The Shipbuilders, a self-professed gypsy scouse surf outfit. Yes, you did hear correctly. With this feeling in my pocket They call the 
the incomparable Talk Talk. I don't believe in you from their third LP, their third of five LPs, The Colour of Spring, released in 1986 on EMI. An absolute gem of a record. It's been one of our essential wax features in the past and uh, every once in a while. You know, there is an impulsion, at least with me, to play some Talk Talk. And uh, it's amazing how many musicians you speak to, how many uh, are very, very enamoured with Mark Hollis and company. They are musicians, musicians. That is for sure. For that, the shipbuilders, another Scouse band, self-professed gypsy Scouse, surf even. If you want to learn more about them and hear more of their material, soundcloud.com slash shipbuilders. Trying to get them on the programme, actually, to learn more about them, because I don't know an awful lot. Uh, I've got all the tracks I can get my hands on, but I'm sure that there's a concerted uh, proper, proper release down the pipe. So if I can get in touch with them, you will hear the fruits on the programme. 26 songs in. It's the time of the programme where we have to uh, succumb and listen to this. Well, you all know what that racket means, don't you, kids? It's Tinterweb time. This week, I'm going to take you to a website that I have touched upon before, but they have, this week, released something new, which I think will tickle your fancy. Yes. So, I have talked about this particular page on Bandcamp. It's called the blog that celebrates itself.bandcamp.com. That's the place you can go and you can see all their projects. And what they've been doing a lot of in the past few years is they've been doing thematic tribute records. And this latest and greatest one is called uh, Pop Kiss. And it's their homage, their tribute to the wonderful Sarah Records label. And it's a 21-tracker. And if you are tight-fisted, you can actually pay zero dollars and zero cents for this if you want to get the digital uh, version of it. And it is rather good, as I say, 21 tracks, and uh, it goes the whole gamut, really, of, of, the, of the Sarah catalogue. And the blog that celebrates itself, uh, .bandcamp.com, is the place to go. I've uh, featured things from the past from this label. I'm just trying to trawl through the website here. The internet's not really cooperating in being as fast as I would like it to be at the moment. Um, no, it doesn't want to. Doesn't want to play ball. Hang on a minute. No, it's not playing ball. Doesn't seem to want to uh, get me deep, deep, deep into uh, the blog that celebrates itself. Anyway, you go and visit it yourself, and uh, start off by downloading uh, Pop Kiss, their tribute to the Sarah Records Empire. Wow. Okay, nearly at the end of the program. Got one more song to play you before we get into a triple shot of Wonderment uh, by Candy Opera, talking to uh, three of the lads, and you're going to hear three world exclusives as well, three tracks that you will not have heard before. And if you are a massive fan, you will only have heard them in their formative renditions, not in this final version. Right you are. So, there's a new single out by uh, an outfit that I'm rather... Well, I'm rather fond of, and become rather fond of uh, lately. Mikey Maramag, a.k.a. Blackbird Blackbird, has a new single out. It's called Underneath It All. Learn more at blackbirdblackbird.net or blackbirdblackbird.bandcamp.com.
popular vernacular is tune. The Good Book and the Green, Candy Opera. I'm going to read you something straight off the biog, tell you more about the band. When Candy Opera released 45 revolutions per minute on February the 23rd, it will be a belated introduction to a very special band sired during Liverpool's 1980s golden age, which has taken almost 30 years to happen. It is true, you know. Lovingly unearthed and compiled by Fire Station Records of Berlin, you know all about them because uh, I've mentioned Uwe and the label so many times with all the music that I've played, uh, and available on limited edition CD and deluxe vinyl. The result is a lost gem that points to a million what might have been. When Candy Opera first appeared on the kaleidoscopic early 1980s Liverpool music scene, by rights they should have changed the world. Here was a classic four-piece, after all, steeped in the symphonic pop of Love's Forever Changes and The Beach Boys Surfs Up. Taking such influences as a template alongside contemporaries such as Aztec Camera, The Pale Fountains and Prefab Sprout, Candy Opera were in the throes of crafting a 1980s songbook in their own image and the band's 1983 Honeysuckle Rose demo has become something of a holy grail. Now, by 1985, the band had played alongside the likes of the mighty Pogues, Australia's the go-betweens and uh, social, uh, well, social agit propers, the Redskins, as well as appearing on uh, Granada TV, which uh, back then was a big, big deal. Reviews in the NME, Sounds and Jamming magazine followed, forming uh, on the tough Pythian uh, estate in uh, Liverpool's Kensington district uh, in Kenny in 1982, and based around the songwriting of Paul Malone, Candy Opera offered up a nouveau classic, classicist, sorry, sensibility, which has uh, seen the band listen without prejudice to the Monkees and Karen Carpenter, both. Lots and lots to hear about uh, when uh, when I do end up talking to the band. But before I do, and they can expand upon some of the points that I've just regurgitated from the biog here, we're going to hear one more song, uh, and specifically... We're going to be hearing uh, a song called Serious, and uh, when you do hear the interview, you will uh, surmise that uh, the three songs that I am playing have been curated by the band themselves. And you smile, a smile that loses me. Just mistake it, sweet refrain, I'm serious. 
I'll even change Your hopes will bite the game I'm serious I'm serious Candy Opera, world exclusive. That is serious, and that is going to be a uh, large component of the 45 Revolutions Per Minute LP, which is going to see light of day finally on the 23rd of February 2018. I must remind you that this programme and this interview is brought to you unequivocally by Mal, Mike and Dave, Candy Opera, and in no particular order, the Jammy Dodger, Scottish Shortbread, and the Mint Club Biscuit. Um, Interesting URLs for you to take note of, firestation-records.de, that's where you can uh, pre-order said record, soundcloud.com slash firestationrecords is just a good place to be, you get lots of uh, teasers and uh, lots, of, uh, lots of stuff that you wouldn't ordinarily uh, get your hands on, facebook.com, um, it's, uh, it's got a numeric URL so I'm not going to regurgitate it because you won't be able to remember it, but uh, just go to facebook.com and do look up uh, Candy Opera, they do have a dedicated page that they are updating quite regularly. So enough of my uh, ramblings, let's, uh, let's get to the interview with uh, the top Mal, Mike and Dave and I'll be back after this to tie things up for yet another week. Absolutely mate, I'll sit in the middle, we'll all sit together in a row like the Three Stooges here. Like, so. Okay, well smash it up. I'm just so glad that we could, uh, we could coordinate this, there's, mu- there's much to talk about and there's, there's much to uh, inform the masses about and I- I'd like to start, start off by saying... Congratulations upon the longest teaser campaign in music history. <laughs> Cheers, thanks, Darren. <laughs> so I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who's here, then, then we'll hand back over to you. Yes. So you've got Dave Wigan. Yep. Yeah. I was um, in the original lineup yeah. before my musical limitations were um, realised. So <laughs> I then moved on to be a bit of everything, really, roadie sort of manager with a small um, um, press for what it was. Um, so that, that's me, and, and here I am 32, 33 years later, back doing essentially the, the same thing, really. Um, <laughs> but now on a much more modern platform with Facebook and 
Twitter with me, um, and I'll hand them over in turn. I've got our, what we suppose tongue-in-cheek call our chief creative, but our main man, our songwriter, Paul Malone. All right, Paul. All right. And I've also got my brother, Mike Wiggins, daughter, who was the original bassist as well. Yeah, fantastic. Great stuff. So there's a three... Well, there's, there's, there's lots to talk about. So let, let's start at, let's try and start at the beginning because you, you, were, uh, you were making a lot of waves and during that time I read an awful lot about you and being that I, I didn't live uh, in your neck of the woods, it, it was very hard to, to, to find out that little bit extra to see what all the fuss was about. And then by the time I stumbled upon a couple of cassette bootlegs in Camden way back goodness knows when, um, then it was like you just disappeared and of course you know the, the, the communications back then weren't as intricate as they are now now you just google it you can find out anything you, you disappeared and if, and if the enemy and the music press weren't writing about you then the likes of me had, had no way of knowing where the hell you'd gone to so it was almost like to, to, to most of us it was like you were abducted you know, which which I'm not which I'm not arguing is the case. I mean, that could quite well have happened. I don't know, but it was it was almost like it was from 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 an ultra ultra buzz. Which of course, you know, the enemy were notorious for for for, for bigging up bands, and then you know, nine out of ten of them they they dropped like a hot potato at the first opportunity. But it was it was something that you know there was this massive buzz, and and that I'm sure I'm, I'm like thousands of other people going, yeah, this is great, great, and then it just poof disappeared. So. What, what actually, what were the sort of intricate machinations? Because I've read an awful lot about it, but I haven't really read anything that really answers my questions as to, look, you're obviously courted by a lot of labels. You, you, you had a following. You, you got some really, really plum gigs and support slots. And, and I, hate yeah. so, I hate to be so negative, but, but what contributed to the untimely demise before you even had a chance to start? I think what it was, that is, from our point, uh, it was it was the same as you. There was no communications and no no outlets for us to sort of bring our music further than we actually did. It was back in the day. It was at eighty three. Yeah. You know, communications were um, weren't great, and also we were very naive. We didn't really know what we were doing. We never had a um, management or anything like that. We was just we were just mates playing in a band together, and that's how we started. And then. Somewhere in '85 or '86, we went our own separate ways with, you know, families, work, and whatever. Yeah, I think one of the issues that we were quite, uh, quite parochial. We were all Liverpool lads, really. Yeah. Even outside of Liverpool, I think London was very much the hub in those days. You know, about talking about communication and stuff like that. I remember us having conversations about should we go down to London, should we move down to London? Yeah. And it seems to be reticence on the band's own part. To do that, really, we never really took that step. I, I look back now and I think if we'd all be prepared to take that step. Yes. And you know, we went down there. Had a, a, I remember the interviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were very, we were very much. I say parochial. We, you know, Liverpool lads. Yes. Liverpool was full. And, you know, we we go down. We play the rock garden and stuff like that. But it, it, it was a big step for all of us. I think, and not all of us at the time. I think we were a bit scared. It was a step we were scared to make at the time. I totally understand that, and I think it was a dilemma for a lot of bands that were outside London is, you know, do you take that step, which of course 
comes complete with no guarantees, you move lock, stock and barrel to Camden and start drinking at the mixer in the hopes that you get recognised. And of course, you know, I respect your decision not to because it, it could have been a, it could have been a complete and utter waste of time because it's you know as well as I do, it's it's essentially a nepotistic uh, uh, industry and it especially was even more so at, at, at that time, wasn't it? Yeah, because we were talking before um, we spoke to you earlier, darling. And um, we say around the time, um, even in, in Liverpool, there was nepotism going on. We, as you said, we got a fabulous review in the NME. This was in 1985, and we yeah. were looking pretty regularly up here. Um, and yet, the one programme um, on Merseyside, which was actually on Radio Merseyside itself, Street Life, they, they were very reluctant for whatever reason. The players, you know, um, we and I know every band says this, you know, we, we didn't sort of um, follow the crowd really locally. There was a definite scene up here, despite every single band up here in the mid 80s saying they weren't part of that scene. Yeah. The bulk of them there. Um, we always seem to be one step removed from all that. And, you know, we, we've no magic answer. I've never ever have been with these guys from the start, despite the, 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 the 25 year gap we've all had And I've never ever been able to put, put my finger on it, and no one has why it, it didn't happen at that time, you know, for us to be where we are now. I think also, we uh, didn't realise whether we had any work or we were any good. That's the other thing, the other part of it. We, were, we, yes. were in, we played with lots of other bands, and no one really ever said to us, you're great, you're good, or whatever, you know what I mean? And all our ambition was to play the, the Royal Court, which was a local theatre. Yeah. That was our main mission, you know what I mean? So we never had sort of reasons of grandeur playing. You know, we could um, have a record deal, because we didn't even know what a record deal was. You know, it wasn't until those neighbour groups, like the Pale Fountains and... Um, Lars and... Um, loads of seaters and people like that started getting them. Yeah. That, 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 Yeah, well, I think you went into it with, with, with you know, the, the real organic, you know, pro proper reasons, you know, no, no aspirations of going on tour with you two to North American Stadia. But I think that I, I always envisioned something like this. I always thought Go Discs would have been a lovely home for you because you'd have been, a, a, you know, in, in the company of, you know, the Lars and, and the Stairs, you know, a couple of Scouse bands there just, just off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, were, were, well, they, we were, they, were they in the mix? We did certainly appreciate that but I had to draw some parallels there but are, are there any other labels that, that you were sort of close close to in the, in the first incarnation and the second incarnation? Well I think that in the first incarnation, incarnation the, actually we, we, we had 
they just stuff put, put out on Rough Trade, didn't we? Yeah. And um, it's not a label, which is a kind of licensing uh, thing. But that was by accident, or no, you think. And, but then we, we didn't even know that we were on them. They <laughs> <So laughs> just put it out. You know, there was no monies involved in it, in anything. They, they just basically put it out with um, 35 other bands on, on the same sort of cassette. Yeah, with, with no fanfare at all. Yeah, yeah. It was something that I found about years afterwards. I had no idea at the time that it was actually available. It was one of those things, really, unfortunately. Um, now, now you've, you, you, over the course of time, all the demos and all of, uh, all of the songs that you've actually put to tape in a studio, demos or otherwise... How many in, in total were you dealing with to then be able to whittle it down to the 18-track uh, CD and the 16-track vinyl, uh, final piece? Well, this is the other thing. I was speaking to Dave about it the other day and saying the difference between this album and uh, other bands' albums is they go to the studio and record 12 tracks with a single and with a promotion and with a tour. Yeah. This album of ours is over a 13 year period with songs that we managed to scrape the money together to, to record on that, on that particular day with no sort of um, idea of having a single but they're, they're all demo tracks and they're all done on 8 track demos that's what I was going to ask yeah so they're all, they're all super raw 8 trackers ok I didn't realise they were all on, on, on that same format Sorry, the, the very, very final ones that the ones like uh, Way to Travel. Yeah. They were done in SPK, which is here my studio. So that, that was I think twenty four to maybe forty eight track. That was later on. Yeah. In our existence, but the the, the rest of the stuff was done on eight track. Wow. Eight track on studios. The only the only constant that is Paul himself as well. I think we're talking about eighteen different musicians who from start to finish. And the only constant is Paul. Himself, really. Wow. Yeah, he, he wouldn't like good point that Mike because Paul we, we call him Mal, so if you get confused, Mal is Paul Darrow. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm I'm trying to join the dots. Yeah. His Sunday name. Yeah, Mal Mal um, you know, he, he's he's Mother Sky, but he, he is can the opera. Um we've got two distinct phases, um eighty the the guy will correct me if I'm wrong on the years, eighty two to eighty six. And then only Mal remained after eighty six. Absolutely, one never had a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then eighty six to ninety four five was the second phase when the guys who used to be in a band called Coming Tokyo, who you may have heard, they yeah. like Mal remained as Candy Opera. So they're the two discrete and distinct phases of the band's timeline. Right. So on that, the, the yeah, go tracks ahead. are so the tracks span. Both those lineups, and we won't be to the minutiae now who played and what or which band the tracks are. But the, the, the joy is, notwithstanding the fact that, again, there's probably 10, 15 mal classics that are still out there that you know may or may not ever see the light of day. The joy is that this whole body of work spans both bands, and, and we would say this, but we, we do think you know it, it, it's a cracking album, it's there, it's, it's compact, yeah, everything's on it that we. To be honest, and what's great about it is, as well is, uh, Uve and Fire Station have been fantastic. They 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 like it. The you, know, you talk about Gold Disc, they they're very very similar in their sort of attitude and and their outlook. They've kind of taken it out of our hands 
You've already gazumped me on a question. I was just going to ask you, you know, how just how boss is is Uwe Wegman, and I think the answer to that question is, is Uber boss. He's he's a uh, he's he's one. Of, he's just a rare guy in the industry, and and I, and I fumbled to to find uh, anyone who can compare to his unmitigated dedication to the obscure, and 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 he's just genuinely he genuinely loves the music, and he's he's not out to make yeah. And, and, Yes. So, you know, everything that he does and his team, and it, and it is handcrafted as well, you know, it, I think it's, it's, it's done from his own living room. Yeah. Which, again, goes back to our roots, because everything that we did from posters to do our songs and design, uh, our own wardrobe, if you like, back in the day, it was all done from our own living room. So it's a, it's a great thing now to come to somebody like that who we didn't even think would exist yeah. in this day and age. Well, it's a, it's a wonderful boutique label, and I, and I buy a lot of stuff, you know, because they just do a bang-up job of, uh, well, they, they do a lot of reissues, as you know, but they, they also do a lot of rekindling that, that no one on earth would have spent the time and dedication to do. You know, bands like the Siddeleys and the Bodines, as an example, they're, they're part of the roster as well, and I just get really, I'm like a kid in a candy store waiting for the latest up, the update from, from Fire Station, because he's always got a gem that he's sharing with you. No. Oh, yeah, Chris. So for the most people in the country that, that, that this has happened, because as we understand it, and there's probably a couple of gaps. We got a name check on the Alars forum back in I think oh five oh six. Yes. Um, because a story we thought it was an error myth, but we know someone who's said it's actually true that um, Lee Mavers of the Lars always rated Candy Opera and Pals. <laughs> Songwriting, and again, forgive us if you already know this story, but Bombay yeah. was posted on the forum, saw mention of Candy Opera, and made it his mission to track some stuff down. And, and, and you know, here we are. It, it, it's just um, you, you couldn't script it, could you? No, well, there's no, as, as I say, there's no precedent for someone like me. I can't, I can't draw any parallels because it, it's a, it's a singularly <laughs> unique story. And and now the LP um, itself. Uh, what's the date to for that people should note to pre-release? Because they can go to firestation-records.de. It's out on the twenty-third of February, but I think that their pre-orders can uh, are being uh, sorted out in the next week or so, aren't they? So people can sign up and in get the their night. Own. Yeah. In the yeah. I'm sorry, Mike. It's Friday the ninth. I mean, re realistically, um, the order process, as, as we understand it, is going online at Fire Station and the website you just read out, Dara, and emailing them, telling them what you want, CD and vinyl and how many copies, and then, again, helpfully, they just bill you and you PayPal them. That, that's our simplistic 
yes. understandings. While the label have said notionally the 9th of February, um, I think that's just more for administrative and control purposes because they were getting inquiries as far back as five, six weeks ago. And I think yeah. rather than have it like, fragmented, they've gone for the two core dates of right to us on the 9th if you want to purchase and we'll get them out from the 23rd, which is the formal and the actual release date. Brilliant, so brilliant. That's how you understand the year. Well, I, I'm one of the lucky few who, who who's listened to the album uh, from beginning to end on, on numerous occasions. Yeah. And, 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 and hand on heart, I, I'm talking to the proponents and I'm just so so chuffed to, to be a part, a minuscule part of this journey. The 18 tracks that I've, I've listened to are, are just gold. And, and, I, and I wanted to ask, being that there are three of you there, I was wondering if each of you would like to choose one song each that I'll play uh, around this feature. Is, is that uh, something that you wouldn't yeah, mind doing? We, 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 we appreciate that, Not at all. Well, Mike can have the first choice. I, I, I'll, I'll go with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, oh, brilliant. very very tangible to you that particular one then yeah yeah I think it was just a, it was a changing point in, in, in candy opera writing and it was, it was the first time really that I, that I, I thought I was um, any good you know what I mean yes it, it, it's, it's kind of even though I still I love the, the early stuff as well and, and the later stuff that was the kind of turning point for me to be able to say well you know I can sort of write and I can um, stand. Yeah. Show, show with other writers, if you like. Yeah, that was your epiphany. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that must be a wonderful moment to be able to, to actually remember at what stage you said, hang on, I'm as good or, 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 or if not better than them, and I can do this. Yeah, I still took another 35 years. <laughs> well, yeah, well, there are, there are, there are diff, 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 different levels, aren't there, really? And uh, so we're waiting, waiting for one more track now. Thank you. 
upon something there that really really resonates with me and 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 I'm glad that you said it because I think forgive me saying this but your 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 musical uh your musical culture as you've alluded to was perhaps a bit more sophisticated for what you could deliver at the time uh mm -hmm. because when I listen to the record now it, it, it is a very very cultured multi-layered record that that does exude the fact that there's a lot of time behind it. I mean, you know, 35 years is, 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 is something that wouldn't spring to mind, but it, it looks like a very concerted concerted process. And I, th I think that uh, had these records been recorded, you know, at the time when, when, when you've written them, they would be immensely different to, 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 to how they are now by virtue of your, your, well, your evolution and your maturity and, and your ability to then yeah. tra translate it. I think we were saying before about Fire Station, the fact that they put it out, put it out the way they have done. Because yeah. I think, like, let me or Mike or Dave or whatever, we probably would have changed up every single 18 songs, but another 18 songs, you know what I mean? So yeah. it was good to have them taken out of our hands. Well, it's good to have it's good to have for some objectivity because to you it's so it couldn't be more subjective and uh, you know you can try and be as objective as you like but you're never going to have an outsider's view of your whole oeuvre of work. It's just not going to happen. It's not possible. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, we, I, I've not heard the whole of the album, Dad. Well, yeah, I've been talking. I know that's what's strange about it. Stuff that now is on for four or five years. Even when you know, there's a song on the radio with yesterday, Dad, stuff like that. We were very, we were guys who've been playing for twelve months, eighteen months, you know, and then uh, you know, we were very, very immature musically. Really, we couldn't, we couldn't play our instruments. We certainly, we certainly wouldn't describe as a musician in those first three or four years. You know, it was more yeah. And one of the things that changed was then Hans. So that's how it was. Uh, one of one of the early, the early guitarists, a guy called Ken Moss, came in. And we looked at Ken, how I was in awe of Ken. Ken just seems to me to be a, a proper musician, a real musician. I think Ken helped us to see where, where we needed to be as musicians, really. You know, we've got to get a lot better than this. And that was, a, you know, that was certainly the early years when I was in the band. Yeah. yeah. Ken, John, Ken John was from the Taylor Fountains as well, which is a major coup for us, wasn't it? But as Mike said, Dara, when Ken and I, the, 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 the whole emphasis changed and the goalposts, really moved him and it, it's brilliant that on, on a, a, a sort of warm and emotional level we've tracked Ken down through Twitter Ken is, is back in the Candy Opera Enclave now we've oh lovely that's good news is he where is he? So he, is, he is he Newcastle is he, he already yeah, yeah I was just saying is he New in, Newcastle he's in he's spot on he's in a place called Alnick on the northeast coast near Newcastle yeah 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 I know it yeah it's lovely up there long way though long way from you lot no I can imagine Ken being some sort of Heathcliff up there <laughs> with the yeah, yeah, well, again Ken Ken lineage was, was you know you, not many people were once in the Pale Fountains you know and, and he was in Candy Opera Press for all too brief a time but his work is on the album and, and he, he's back and it's just just amazing you know um, but a couple before I choose my track, just a couple of quick points there. You mentioned obviously the, the, the sort of a good mixer scene in Camden when you needed to be yeah. seen around there. We had an equivalent in Liverpool. It sounds tongue cheek, but it's not. We had a place in Liverpool called the Everyman, yeah. uh, which is like a bistro and all the bands of the day who got played on 
local radio program, Street Life hung out there. I kid you not, we were nineteen twenty, and while they were all in there every month, we were playing Subutio and listening to Forever Changes and listening to Beautiful Boys. And, yeah, and, and that, that that was, you know, what we thought set us apart. But quite clearly, um, history shows it, it totally set us back as well because we went our separate ways, as you know. Um, and if we hadn't have been on the Lars forum that day, we'd have gone to our graves um, with that whole body of miles away, never being heard by the world at large. So, can I just tell you a small? Can I just tell you a small tale? Sure. Uh, about about um, how it, it happened with Uber as well. Um, Dave noted that from 2005, he found stuff about us on the on the Lars. Uh, website or forum, or yeah, um, chat forum, uh, and he couldn't find anything, any music whatsoever yeah. that can be offered. This, this is how naive we are. We never had anything on YouTube or anything, we just left it. So it was all in a drawer, basically, yeah. for like 30 <laughs> years. You know, we thought, you know, it's gone, you know, just leave it there in the drawer. So it wasn't until Brian, who was, you know, being instrumental in, in getting this together as well, I'm just so thrilled that you're on that label because it's the perfect home for you as a as a boutique phenomenon. They're a boutique phenomenon in terms of a label, and it's just the perfect perfect marriage. So chuff for you. I'm really happy because you know things happen whereby your art can be compromised. In this way, this way, nothing's going to be compromised, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's great. So Dave, to echo again the thanks I Mike said to you before for taking an interest in us and doing this um, oh. your support and the support of everyone who's picked up on us is never ever taken for granted you know you might have seen on yes. Twitter and, and Facebook we always try and do personal responses to people you know because yes. we're still a bit um, old over and, and we are like we were 34 35 years ago you know we're still it's, it's only us type thing, thing you know yeah, we get the Sabuti later yes a reunion all of them Fantastic! No, no, your, your humility and, and uh, it, it's it's just wonderful to hear, and 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 it's for me it's an absolute pleasure. I, I, all I do is, I mean, all I want to do is expose people to good music. That that's the only motivation I have. I mean, I can't think of any other reason why why I spend three four hours a week doing something like this. It's it's more it's, it's a pleasure. So, and talking to talking to you, I'm so chuffed because I'm excited to, to play these three songs because I, you know I'm under the impression that I mean not not too many people have been playing this material so far, so I want to be able to uh, to, to get get the the record a little bit of a little bit of a boost of adrenaline before it actually goes you know goes public and, and actually. Is, is no, it's great, that, Thank you again, and we're we're delighted that you're one of the few people who've actually got the full album that's been able to listen to it. Oh, right too, you know, so, um, which leads me so much. I'm absolutely, I think 
think the album Kickstart with What a Ways to Travel is, is quite magnificent, but because that's already out there anyway, yeah. I'm going to go with something different. And a little link in, because this song always takes me back to um, a non-playing member of the band, our mate Neil Cooper. Um, oh, yeah. We used to see Neil around town. He, he's um, one of the most, for once or better, with alternative people in Liverpool. Yeah. Um, he's legendary because he was one of only two people we know who were at the uh, 1981 um, Pale Fountains, Wild Swans and Orange Juice gig. We're all very jealous. Yeah. Um, Neil's put all his posters and all his ephemera from that. But we managed to pluck up the courage um, to speak to Neil in 82. Um, and he basically joined the band. He just looked the part. He used to cycle down Liverpool on an old bone shaker bike. He dressed in <laughs> his... And he was just brilliant. And he's been, again, notwithstanding the 24, 25-year gap, Neil's been a part of this whole thing. And this, this track I'm choosing always reminds me of, of going out with Neil and having a cup of tea or whatever, or him coming down to our flats and just, just sitting off, really, in Liverpool 6 in Kensington. I'm going to go for a, a track which is one of the unsung heroes, I think, on the album. Yeah. Called S- Serious. Um, and I've got no sort of big build up other than dedicating it to Neil Cooper and memories memories of Neil Cooper. I sound like he's passed away. So he's, <laughs> he's, 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 uh, he's, he's in journalism in Edinburgh now. Oh, is he? Okay, well, I'll make I'll make note that uh, I'll make note that it's dedicated to Neil, but he's still alive and kicking. He's still alive. and kicking. That's it. He's the album. Thank you for that. No, not at all. And, I, and, I, and I've got one last question for all three of you. And, and it's, a, it's a question that I ask everybody and always have done because it's, to me it's important in my own little feeble world. Biscuits are very important, especially when you're, <laughs> when you're an expat living in North America. Biscuits are even more oh, important. No. So, so I have this, this feature on the programme called the Magic Biscuit Tin and I've got this uh, very in, sort of a intricate, articulate infographic of, of everyone I've interviewed alongside their biscuit of choice. So let's just say that, you know, Candy Opera are, are doing their East Coast North American swing and, and you buy my place and I stick the kettle on, you, you've all got a cuppa and I bring out the magic biscuit tin and you can all choose a biscuit, just the one, but you can choose anything oh you want, anything God. you want, past, present or future. Well, so my... I know straight away because I work at a biscuit factory. So oh, do you? I'm going to be true. Oh, this is true, man. I'm going to be true to Plavis and say, if you like a lot of chocolate on your biscuit, join our club. Which which one, though? Which one? There's, there's, a, there's a myriad of clubs. Oh, you have to be as well. Sorry. I will go for mint. Fantastic. Can't argue with a mint club. Fantastic. Okay, that, that's actually good because I've got a take of that already. That'll save me doing another graphic. All right, so, uh, and the last one I'm is... Sure, I'm not sure you, you've heard of all... How long have you been over there, darling? Oh, I've been here a long old while, but, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm as English as they come. I mean, I'm back every five minutes. I live in a little bubble here, so it's... Uh, what, what, what with the internet now, I mean, you can live anywhere on God's green earth and be... Uh, and be just like I'm in your own back garden, it's a beautiful thing. It's, a, it's for, for, for Dave of Candy Opera, it's a jammy dodger. Oh, uh, okay, so there. that's a bit of double entendre as well there, yeah? Oh, here we go, we're doing it. Yeah, it's 76 pounds there. No, no, genuinely, I, I think knows I won't be a 
Jamie Dodger and a couple of Earl Grey, mate. That's, that's another candy opera thing, you know. We, we, we've never been one for anything good other than the odd shandy and a cup of tea and that, you know. No, sorry, man, you want to say something? I think that makes me also half man, half biscuit, doesn't it? Half man, half yes. biscuit. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the Wirral, the Wirral boys. No, I, 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 I love it. I, I, I share your lightweight status. There's nothing wrong with, with a cuppa and a few bickies. That's about the extent of my uh, shenanigans nowadays, is, is a cuppa and a, a, exactly. and a bickie. You know, the, old, the old cliche that if we ever toured, we'd be tidying the hotel rooms up, we wouldn't be throwing them. <laughs> 100%. So, are you okay, mate? We've dominated this. I know it's about us. No, it's wonderful. You, no, you've dominated it in a wonderful way, whereby I've got a whole load of questions here that I didn't have to ask because you just organically answered them. So that's wonderful. So... I, I'm, I'm just chuffed a bit, so I'm going to record the show later today. Uh, and ironically, you didn't mention the Wild Swans. They're, they're on the playlist as well today, so there's, there's going to be a few scouts tuned. So I'll, I'll be in touch in the next couple of days. Sorry. Oh, fantastic. Well, you, you're in good company. And, 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 and again, to the three of you, thank you so much. And, and I'll be in touch in the next couple of days with, uh, with all the details as to how you can... Uh, could locate the the, the programme, etc., etc. So, uh, thank you so much. All the best. We'll get you and we'll get you a copy of the vinyl across. We'll, we'll swap. We'll get you address and stuff sort of on online. We'll, we'll speak to you again and we'll get you a copy of the vinyl sent over to the USA, mate, just to say thank you, really. That's immensely, immensely kind of you. And, and again, I'll keep preaching the gospel. I'm so happy to have had this opportunity. And uh, let's stay in touch and perhaps we can uh, revisit this next year and see what see how how your year's been. Lovely, mate. Great. Look yeah, after, lads. All the best. Take care, yourselves. Exciting times indeed. If you are in Candy Opera or you're like me, you've been waiting and waiting and waiting to actually get your hands on their material proper. It's good, good, good news indeed. So uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Hope you did too. One more song by the band before I uh, shuffle off down the motorway to... Uh, go and get fed. Um, what we're going to hear now is with Yesterday in All the Right Places.
That's a third of three world exclusive tunes by Candy Opera. And I'm delighted to have been a, a small part of their uh, ongoing journey, which started over 30 years ago. My thanks go to Mal, Mike and Dave, of course, from Candy Opera. My thanks go to you for listening. And I'll thank you even more if you recommend the programme to even more people. I'll be back next week for episode 70. I apologise for the racket in the background. Some reprobates are recording in the studio next to me and they are immensely, immensely loud. Right then, I'm back off into the snow blizzard right now, and I'll be back next week. All the best. Cheer up.